Welcome to Lutheran Stuff, No Drama. Hello again, this is Pastor Hoffman, and today we continue through our study of Romans with a two-part devotional on Romans 1.18 to chapter 2, where I'll pick up the rest of this outline, an outline that corresponds with the Lutheran Study Bible. So if you have it, I encourage you to use it for this devotion as a lens for reading that section. So for today, let's begin with some questions. There are a few things that are very hard to hear. For example, 1. Yes, you are in fact going bald. 2. No, that dress doesn't make you look fat. You are actually fat, no matter what you are wearing. 3. You aren't funny. At all. 4. At a breakup. It's not me, it's actually you. Last but not least, your standing before God has nothing to do with how cool or how much of a jerk people think you are. From last time, we'll remember that St. Paul clearly states pretty much the most important thing we can know when it comes to righteousness, namely, that the righteous shall live by faith. Yes! St. Paul clarifies this quite a bit more, beginning in verses 18 and following. He writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. We see an outright unrighteous man isn't somebody we think is a jerk or somebody we might just find disagreeable unrighteousness but by someone who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth literally these are people who either overtly worship another god or who are in love with something such as power money drugs or whatever and they teach that you don't need jesus that he is not the only way truth and life and interestingly it's not as if St. Paul is blindsiding any people here who are clueless. He's calling out actual people who are in willful obstinacy. They have learned better, but they don't care. He writes this, starting in verse 19. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. All these people were, make no mistake, given the good things of God. But traded them all for foolish, dead idols who can do nothing but drag them to hell. This is the life they asked for, the life they created, and, well, as a result, the life they got. 
St. Paul uh, continues, uh, starting in verse 24. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. You see, the life they embraced was not denied to them any more than the love of God in Jesus was denied to them. But they rather exchanged worship for the creation over the Creator. Do you know anyone like that? <laughs> well, listen, St. Paul concludes, For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So, what do the lives of these people look like? Well, most notably, like the undoing of creation. The example St. Paul used was the relationship between a man and a woman, that it was being changed. When God created Eve to be the wife of Adam, we remember that it was done in response to this, to the fact that although everything in the garden that God created was in fact good, nothing was good enough for Adam. So, he made Eve, not just a remake of Adam, not Adam 2.0, but something special and unique. As Eve was a part of Adam, we see that they have a special relationship. In the Romans passage today, it says these relationships were thrown off in exchange for what are called, listen to this, dishonorable. Not gross, not disgusting, but dishonorable. A good word because for the people who believe what we do behind closed doors is my own business, well, they're forgetting that this dishonor, or it may dishonor God and his word. Of course, homosexuality isn't the only thing mentioned here either, is it? Among the sexual sins, there are others, and St. Paul concludes... And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So, what should we learn from this? 
The truth is, while many want to highlight this as just a, a either a homosexual or a homophobic passage, depending on which side of this argument you're on, the truth is this, and here's that thing I said about things we don't like to hear. The truth is that while homosexuality is certainly referenced here and is certainly listed as a sin, we notice it isn't standing alone. Rather, it is among things that an honest person would admit fall under sinful traits of lots of people, regardless of the status of their sexuality. You see, in the race to condemn homosexuals by one group, and the race to vilify anybody who calls homosexuality the sin it is, both groups often fall into, as St. Paul says, all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, and malice. This, my friends, is exactly what the enemy wants. When Jesus calls you to love your neighbor, it is not meant to do so at the cost of his word and promises. Well, let's look at it this way. Regardless of the topic, can you have a discussion with a person who is one of these many things without drama, without doing so in a manner that is evil or malicious? If you can't discuss sin, yours or anybody else's, without defaming Christ or your neighbor, perhaps it's time to reconsider your witness to Christ. It's never easy to hear the truth, is it? But as we know from Scripture, the truth of Jesus is what sets us free. And I pray that this week in your walk with Jesus, you find that even though you might think sin is painted with a broad brush, the brush of Christ's love and salvation is even wider. Until next time, this is Pastor Hoffman for Lutheran Stuff No Drama Devotions. Thank you for listening. I pray God's richest blessings on your day.